You are on the level. level. <laughs> I'm literally level <laughs> McDevil. <laughs> the devil with the levels, Chris. He's stuck. There you go. Say, yeah, that's what you know. That's, um, that's true. Didn't your accent sound like a tang of like Midlands just then? Is that is that where your accent's from? Uh, what my accent? Yeah. How's your accent? My accent's kind of just from nowhere. No. My, my my accent is is made of of fear. <laughs> But I grew up in the really? Shetland Islands. <laughs> so I grew up on the most northern island in the UK mm. on an island called Unst. It does not run with many nice words at okay. all. But I grew up there. And when I moved down to Aberdeen, when I was about 10 years old, the kids in my school couldn't understand what I was saying because my accent was so strong. Mm. It was a pretty rough school. So uh, my parents said that within a week, I like dropped my accent. Like it just disappeared. Um, and ever since then, I don't know. I just have a very, n- like, non What's the read? Is this the, a Midlands accent? I, th- I don't know about like, I, I think we've definitely got an accent, or you've definitely got an accent. It's just we don't hear it because, you know, we're not in Keltland. <laughs> I still, when I go to the Edinburgh Fringe, <laughs> I still, there's so many Scottish accents and yeah. it's lovely. People are very, very nice. I associate in some ways a Scottish accent with being terrorised at primary school. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a rap battle once with a guy called Soul. Great rap battler. And I my, my angle was I genuinely find the Scottish accent so terrifying. And you are Scottish and I don't find you scary. That's how unterrifying you are in this rap battle that um, um, you're unpicking all the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you're listening right now, um, which I guess you are, um, <laughs> it's not been a great summer, has it? No. Um, we've uh, it's just been rainy, dreary. I feel a bit bad because, I mean, we've not... Lucy and I haven't gone away really on holiday this summer and probably been quite lucky not to. I guess everyone's had yeah, like yeah, great yeah. holidays still, but I've seen a lot of my friends have posted with a disappointing vibe online about their... <laughs> holidays and stuff because they couldn't really go out yeah. i've had a friend sammy oh who's going to appear on this Yay. episode um sammy has been in europe and he sent videos of him just being like rained out of his tent just taking my tent down in this that was fun going to belgium now for the festival yeah i think he's in germany okay. i don't even know where he is but yeah. he's i think he's in germany and um he's not been able to stay in a campsite anymore because the weather's been so bad nice so uh, this is the weather in Europe, boys and girls. Don't know what it's doing over there. So yeah, <laughs> tough time for everyone yeah. um, this uh, this month. But uh, hey, if we're inside a bit more, it means we're probably a little bit closer to radio or something that can broadcast this podcast. Exactly. So, um, maybe that's uh, why we've had a bit of a spike in numbers, yeah. uh, Chris. It seems to be really picking up. <laughs> well, well, kids. I mean, that's just because you're angelic, smooth, silky voice, Mark. I think that's what's selling it in. I know. I know. I can't help oh, it. I, I mean, <laughs> I know we both thought it. I didn't think we'd say it out loud. I didn't want to say anything, but I mean, it's 100% <laughs> true. I feel convinced that my voice must be really grating and annoying, and I feel like I should apologise on a regular basis for my voice. In fact, I was expecting to feel like this so much that we've put this episode in, which is um, about me taking a step back. Uh, Chris, what's the theme today? Who let you in here? <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, who let you in here? 
I don't know. I did. I did sneak in before Chris say. got into this. Oh, did this. you? Yeah, a little bit. There's oh, a lot okay. of bread. Um, <laughs> I forgot to say, there's no uh, musical production equipment here. It's just loaves. It's just hovis. Yeah, some crusty stuff around the desk. But um, <laughs> I had to come in early and get tidy. And we've got Beth Hartley uh, coming in later. A, a poet uh, I greatly admire and enjoy working with. Um, haven't met Beth before, but we have been working together a bit online so uh yeah really excited about that we felt or particularly i felt that by this point in the series you might be a bit sick of hearing particularly my voice and maybe we should have an episode where you know other people come in and take over the space a bit more so i know that when we've had previous work on here we've talked at length maybe discussing the work and everything else and i I know thank you for for messages about that um writers who've submitted work um because i know some people have really appreciated that and enjoyed that but we also think we would try and have an episode where we step back a bit and we let these pieces breathe we also figured this might be a good episode to share work that didn't make it in at some point but it's so good and so worthwhile that we wanted to make sure that it didn't pass you by that's what we've got today we've got kind of like a choice pick of work that maybe came in after the deadline for an episode or maybe just didn't quite fit curated against the other pieces that we had and i know i'm chatting a lot at this point but the (laughs) idea is once we get started chris um we're going to have have a beer, right? In I the mean, sunshine yeah. and keep popping in and listening to pieces. The thing yeah. is, it's glorious today. So having a beer, having a listen sounds ideal. Really nice. Yeah, wicked. Um, okay, so the very first piece we're going to share is Sammy. Sammy Noor, who we were just talking about. He's having a bit of a tough time being rained out um, of a festival tent um, at the moment. But Sammy Noor um, hosts an event in Leicester, which I performed at. And I've known him for a pretty long time now. And uh, he often runs takeovers when other events take over his event semantics. So why not? To start off, who let you in here? We thought, let's get Sammy to kick us off. Hello, Rag Club. My name's Sammy Noor. I'm a poet from Leicester. I also run Semantics, which is Leicester's third best poetry night. I've written a poem for you to the theme this month. Uh, it's inspired by going to a metal show a few years ago and not really being dressed like a metaler. And <laughs> someone got really offended by that and had to come and tell me all about it, which was nice. <laughs> they just got me thinking about you know, the scene and and how some people just gatekeep and it could just be really toxic and unnecessary. So, yeah, I really hope you enjoy the piece. If you want to check out some more of my stuff, I've got a book out with Sanru Publishing. It's called Platform 7. Uh, You can find that on Amazon, on Etsy. Um, Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on and big up Right Club and Mark and all the lovely folk uh, who are uh, making it happen. Gigs just aren't the same anymore. Belly and mosh pit, now a dance floor. So many people with short hair. I even saw a guy in a white t-shirt in there. Who let them in here? They look like they don't belong. Do they even know any cathedral songs? They don't look like the old school heads. Long hair, bad comb overs, the occasional dude with dreads. Don't they know they need to dress like us if they're going to come to a metal show? Boots, denim jacket, patches. Don't they know we're all supposed to be matching? It must be this Gen Z. They don't look like me. They don't dress like me. And it's giving me anxiety. Metal isn't for everyone. It's for people who get it. For folks who know that you have to wear a black t-shirt to the show. Alternative music isn't for people who don't wear all black and have blue denim jeans. Like them. Like that. 
Why would you want to look like me, they ask. How is it none of my business? It's a problem for me when you come here dressed like that. If real metalheads like me don't gatekeep, the next thing you know it will be mainstream. Alternative music will be a forgotten dream, lost to the ignorance of the youth. Want proof? Just look at you, enjoying your beer and doom metal like you even could. I'm just the kind of guy that accosts young kids wearing a band t-shirt, demands that they name three songs and goes berserk whether they could or couldn't. I whine online about how the download lineup this year is full of new bands and old hands are being pushed out. I hate it when young kids shout the words to Metallica songs. Don't they know the first four albums are proper thrash? And don't even get me started on why Dave Mustaine had to dash. It's not Monsters of Rock anyway. That was a proper fest. Not like this mess of young kids just trying to enjoy themselves. Showing everyone you're into metal is more important than enjoying the music. And these non-posers, frankly, should go somewhere else. That was Sammy Noor, uh, tent ditcher extraordinaire. <laughs> hey, Sammy, <laughs> I hope you're doing all right at the moment. I'm, by now, you'll have got back and probably told me all about... <laughs> by the time you're hearing this, you'll have got back and you'll have um, probably told me all about your holiday. But um, yeah, I hope I hope right now at this point in time, it's going okay. <laughs> um, so, Chris. Yeah. Uh, we had a chat about this, didn't we? We're going to block these pieces into three, like we did yep. in the last episode. Um, we've got three um, artists. We're going to share their work with you now. The three artists, we're just going to give you their names, uh, and then we're going to step back, and you can hear their work. First off, we've got Dave Wood. Then we've got Joe Williams. And finally, we've got Joy Rice. Mm. With a little fruity piece for you. <laughs> fruity. <laughs> Here they are. Hello, this is Dave Wood, and this is my poem, Receipt. We ordered an avocado bath set from Sainsbury's online. Fine. Should be simple. They didn't have any in, so they sent the nearest product available. We got a monkey. It's difficult to wash in a monkey, especially the hairy ones. A bison or basin may have been better. Choices, choices, wrong bananas. Hello, my name is Joe Williams and I'm going to do a poem called The Town That Was Murdered, which is also the title of a book that was written by Ellen Wilkinson. Uh, Ellen Wilkinson was the MP for Jarrah in South Tyneside in the 30s and 40s. Uh, she was a staunch Socialist Labour Party member and she took part in the Jarrah March of 1936 when a load of people from the town marched to London to present a petition to Parliament. They were protesting about unemployment and the way that the town had been treated by government. And it was Ellen Wilkinson that presented this petition. So this is the town that was murdered. They shut the pits down long before they closed the shipyard doors. The steel that we were promised never came. Then they said the dock or dole because we weren't at home. Available for work that wasn't there. For 27 days we marched just trying to be heard. But governments can only hear the rich. 300 miles in all for nout, 
we might have bloody known. That bastard Baldwin couldn't give a shite. So back we go with nothing changed. Back to the town they murdered. And I wonder when the North will rise again. Fruity by Joy Rice Getting older can be likened to being in a fruit salad. Once I had skin soft as a peach, but now I have wrinkles, although I still have the peach fuzz on my chin. They say that life is like a bowl of cherries, but now I am plum tired. I have no avocado. Life is still great despite the weariness of ageing. It used to be all go man go, but now I can hardly orange to do anything. People say I am bananas, not very nice. I suppose getting older, I am getting crab apple, no longer going on dates, but I don't give a fig. I'm still olive, even if my knees make me quince and I'm always needing to kiwi. I am one in a melon. Yeah, really, really good. Thoroughly enjoyed that. So good. Awesome. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. Have you ever been somewhere and gone, I'm in totally the wrong place? Uh, you don't know me massively well, but you should know that I have zero, and then I mean zero, um, sense of direction. So actually being in the wrong place is a regular occurrence for me. I mean, I get lost in a toilet. Really? Mm, super bad. So, and, and this is something that people know you for now, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of my best mates will recognise the fact that, I mean, I get lost. I'm awful. I don't think it's an attention thing. I just kind of keep on driving and hope for the best. So you get lost when you're driving. Do you not use a sat-nav? Yeah, I do, but it doesn't matter. I'm just rubbish. But I think I've gone to an interview before a long time ago, just to the wrong, wrong company and the wrong day, actually. <laughs> That's amazing. I was in... Go. I was in, I think it was Singapore. Mm -hmm. I was like gigging over there and I... Um, <laughs> I turned up somewhere to like do like uh, it was like I had to turn up to give like a speech yeah. to like some uh, some like young leaders or something like that and I was going to read some poems and do some stuff so I turned up I thought I was turning up where the business was that the, the place was and I knocked on the door and a woman kind of opened the door and she looked at me suspiciously and I was like I'm here to, to do the speech and stuff and she didn't really speak great English and she went okay 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 like invited me in she led me upstairs and there was all this filming equipment and I was like is it through here and stuff and there was like there was like there was like lubricant and stuff like that mm -hmm. and she got me to sign this thing and as I was signing it I think I, I realised I was like signing like a disclosure thing for like making a film okay and I'm pr <laughs> I'm pretty sure the film was of an X-rated reality. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, no, I think this is the, this is not mm. what I'm here for. See you later on. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting to see how that all worked out for you. Because <laughs> I think it would have been, I think it would have been quite disappointing. <laughs> uh, I don't know how long they last. I'm only used to doing a 20 minute set, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so the next three pieces, um, we're starting with a piece that I think kind of explores this, this theme a bit as well. Um, uh, we got a piece about a character called Maisie Minton, um, which is sent in by Carol Carmen. Carol Carmen and Maisie Minton feels like they're both 
characters in the same exactly. story. It's yeah. kind of cool. Um, we've also got a piece from an artist called Lateral G, uh, which I really like. Uh, and finally, we've got a piece, um, I think, called Confidence by uh, Laura Walker. Yep. Um, yeah, which is written off the back of one of our Right Club workshops. So let's have a listen. Maisie Minton had a plan. Get herself a wealthy man. Steadily she'd climb the scale with each eligible male. Bagged young man of twenty-three, in accounts a clerk was he. When he moaned about her spending, Maisie knew his life was ending. Oh, that poor unlucky clerk. Maisie stabbed him in the park. Then she wed his supervisor, who turned out to be a miser. Healthy income, frugal ways. Quickly numbered were his days. He turned off the gas and then Maisie turned it on again. No appliance did she light, but went out till late at night. On returning, he, stone dead. Maisie, once more free to wed. She... No pause to mourn the loss, married her late husband's boss, head of the department who lifted her a rung or two up the scale as was her plan. But she eyed another man. And she, with premeditation, dressed for maximum temptation, sashayed past the roving gaze of firm's chairman. Within days, present husband was dispatched, him and arsenic swiftly matched. When she took the chairman's hand, Maisie's life turned much more grand. Chairman of the company moved in high society, royals, aristocracy, large insurance policy on his life, which paid out well. When downstairs, he promptly fell. Maisie, ever scheming girl, married then a belted earl. Unsuspecting of a ruse, he booked them an ocean cruise for their honeymoon, but then never made it home again. In between far distant shores, Lady Maisie showed her claws. Whispering, man overboard, she heave-hoed the noble lord. Help, she cried, but not before Earl sank to the ocean floor. On the king she set her sights, at the palace spent most nights, and, to give life extra flavours, king and footman shared her favours. Ageing king soon pulled for Maisie, but the footman, fresh as daisy, strong, athletic, young, sublime, satisfied her every time, gave her what she'd never had, for which... She was more than glad. She'd keep this one now she'd found him, tie a wedding knot around him. So, with wide, contented smile, Maisie took him up the aisle. Not long after they were wed, Maisie was found dead in bed. Her poor heart has given out, grieving husband heard to shout. Maisie's death thought unexpected. Digitalis was suspected. Footman in the hangman's yard. Maisie hoist by own petard. 
carrot and stick. Is he talking about me? Telling the over 50s who have dropped out of the workforce to get off the golf course and save his ailing post-Brexit economy? I am simultaneously written off, incapable of pulling my weight, which increases, by the way, the longer I wait for medical care. Six years now caught in this trap, too sick to work, but a slacker in the eyes of those administering the safety net, a lack of mobility in the arms and neck falls outside their remit. Can you lift a cup, they say, in which case you can use a microwave. Live a life on ready meals. Look at the miles you walk each day. Nil point on your mobility. So I have to find my own way to survive outside their society, living without housing or financial support. And it hasn't been easy, which is why his assumption galls me. There are loads of us around my age, permanently disabled by a system that sucked us dry and spat us out when we stopped being useful for them. Good little workers to be pushed about. Having learned to do without, such as children, you see, without a doubt, relying on self-sufficiency, no such thing as society, the big stick's no use on people like me. He offers a tax break for ageing returners, ignoring the reasons they're out of the workforce. I don't know about others, but that's no use here. I'm a long way short of paying tax any year. Reliable health care might be more useful. We all understand the contract is broken. No welfare now or for future generations. You don't work hard for later reward and there are no carrots anymore. So sold them all. I'll stay poor. And I'd encourage you all to join me. Lower consumption will save the world, if not the economy. I don't think I believe in both. And with a dilemma like that, the planet matters most. Hi everybody, my name's Laura. I have an Instagram page called Words by Laura. Um, that's words underscore by Laura. Uh, I've got about 26 different poems that I've been writing and um, been writing for about a year. I was given an invite to an open poetry evening on uh, Zoom a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we were tasked with writing a couple of poems I was then asked if I would be ever so kind to read one aloud for uh, the podcast. So I didn't have a title for it until now. So it's called Confident. My confidence will carry me to be stronger, even when I am feeling unconfident and times get tough and all I want to do is cry to close it all. I feel stronger knowing that I can dig deep, dig deeper as I've managed before, hearing the noise of just life, knowing I can be confident, feeling inspiration rise up again. I am strong, I inspire and I am confident. Ah. Thanks for those pieces, guys. Did you enjoy them, Chris? I did. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I totally get the sentiment with it, really, and how we apply confidence in day-to-day -day life. Well, this next bit um, I've been looking forward to because we're going to share two text pieces that have been sent in now. Um, we're going to read them out to you. And yes, 
Chris is going to read one of the Say what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've managed to dodge this a bit so far, Chris, but you've got a great voice. And I think it's uh, time for you to, to join us and, and read a piece out. I think. Okay. Um, do you want to go first or second? No, I'll go second. All right, so I, I'm going to go first. So this is, um, this is a piece that was sent in by Anthony Brow. Anthony sent a few pieces into us, actually. And of the three pieces, I think this is the one that I would most like to read out, um, although they're all great. Uh, this piece is called Time is Money. It goes like this. Dignity is a luxury the likes of me can ill afford. The call comes in, bills to pay. I lie here, used and bored. Time is money. My time is money. I am money. I am money. Funny the way sometimes I can shut it all out. The pain, shame, condescension, compensation for services rendered. At other times, the chasm between my soul and my life gets stretched, twisted, ripped open, and all I can hope is that this is temporary. Occupation without illusion. Precise evaluation of worth or otherwise. My prices increase, unable, however, to keep pace with the cost. Anyway, like I say, a call's come in. Cheers, Annie. That was a... Uh, strong. Yeah, yeah. Really, really strong piece. I hope I didn't um, mess it up in the reading um, too much. Chris. Okay, so my piece is by Joshua Batterley. To me. Rich men hit the ocean to display their fame and fortune, to be unsinkable, to witness hubris rot the hull. A parting gift that lies below us, leave the treasure in the seas. What more money could be spent on a sunk cost fallacy? Shaking and rocking on the wall, filled with laughter at us all. See the horses, see the men, can't uncrush a sad tin can. Five hundred cross the ocean, leaving homes and old love potions, not for the glory but from sadness that tectonic plates have ravished. We watch the foam come up and eat you, from the hug of TV dinners. Talking heads were empathetic to the apathetic spinners. Navies want their points, there's a hotline to deliver. Another metal shard to pin onto their lily livers. Children ripped under current, but what the eyes have it to cherish. We search the ocean for but five, while we let five hundred perish. Oh, what cheek to call me callous, cry dry tears in their name. When you sit while children suffer, and utter lowly, what a shame. Next up, and I'm I'm super excited about this, uh, Chris. I'm excited about two things for this episode. One, we've got a special guest coming in mm-hmm. at the end of our episode, um, a member of our online right club uh, called Beth Hartley. Um, but we've also got Louis Jaffa, who's a member of the online right club, who sent some work into us. Now, Louis is the youngest member of the online right club. He's also a member of the National Youth Theatre. Mm. You may have heard Kieran on the podcast earlier in the series talking about his application to the National Youth Theatre, which was successful. Well, he gave some advice to Louis and Louis went for it as well. And Louis has been running the social media for the National Youth Theatre. But also, um, yeah, he just he just he's just a really exciting, engaging and uh, just a cool guy. I like mm. Louis a lot. Here's Louis Jack. 
Yo, my name is Louis J, some might call me a carrier Closed by walls but ripping down all the barriers Values and vice grips, raised in the south I live on thin ice, the coldest warrior around But uh, my words, they stick like a stapler Smiting the ones whilst making all the papers Like Romeo versus 500 capulas My Juliet's out there, I hope she's adequate Cause I write in shining armour, my life is a drama You can't prevent me from getting in all kinds of trouble Strange Time slowed down. I see my younger years where the thunder surrounds space, where nobody moves and where there's no sound. Rage still unheard, still surrounded by clowns. Ace dealt my cards undercover, unfound. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Sweep the deck and hit the ground. Rising up before me, streets of quiet dawn breaks. Coffee in the morning. There's so much work still to be done. I'm lying wide awake in bed and I'm bright like the sun. My name is Louis J, and I arrive in a chariot, cementing my name on bollards outside Claridge's. Still, I wonder why, why you don't understand me yet. Is it because I really try, try to make you happy? The name is L J L J L J L J. And away he goes, lightning speed, flying free with a frightening flow. They say in L J L J L J L J. Like, whoa. So come and follow me, flow like a butterfly and sting like a bee through hell. Oh, yeah. Let us pray. Oh, whoa. Like, whoa. Uh, did you like that, Chris? That was mega. Really yeah, really cool. it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. Yeah, Louis just a just a guy with a good energy, you know. Um, as I'm getting older, I just kind of appreciate that a lot more. I think growing up in Unst actually is where I kind of first realize that and, and it's kind of sunk in a bit when you live on an island and it's part of a small community where the the elements can be quite unforgiving um it's it's kind of important to just come together and share poem stories and songs and things and yeah you know kind of like recharge our batteries and yeah that's louis vibe which i kind of like i don't know about you chris but i just increasingly now i'm, I'm getting a bit older <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have time for bad energy. That's one of the things I love about this podcast. Everyone sending through work so far. Just thank you so much for being so lovely to chat with. I, I kind of run our email account as well. And I've been chatting with people. And the energy from people, I know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk within uh, like publishing houses and things like that about um, people maybe being a bit disrespectful or rude when they send submissions and they get a no or anything like that. But honestly, so far, I just think... Uh, there's been a really lovely energy from people sending work in for this series. So yeah, thanks for bringing some good energy to, to this series so far. And so much work. Right, next mm. up, uh, three pieces. Chris, yeah, who have we got as our, as our next three? Okay, so we've got Melissa Neal, Brian F. Kirkham. Yeah, Brian we've had before, mm -hmm. um, but it's a really cool, lovely little piece. And Emma Hillaby. Emma's piece was fantastic. It, it came in just a little bit late, I believe, for the deadline for the um, Show Me the Money episode. Um, and Melissa will uh, wake us up with a piece that's uh, very intense, but very well crafted and certainly engaging. Who let you in here? Because I know it wasn't me. I communicated that verbally and inputted a physical boundary. I put my key in the lock and that still didn't stop you. How did you get in? The door is still shut, but you're stood in front of me covered in blood, asking why I would have acted so selfishly even now. I'm the one that's talking crazy after everything we've been through. You're going to do me like that, baby. Shit, the blue lights are here. You didn't see me. And as quickly as you appeared, you were out of here. I couldn't have lied if I tried. You left red everywhere. I am 
answered the door and the police are taking a photo interrogating me for what I know. It's Christmas Eve and I'm an interviewee on the front street for all the neighbours to see. Merry fucking Christmas to me. Who let you in here? A poem by Brian F. Kirkham called The Right Club Podcast. An eager little fellow entered into my room. He'd been sat on the guttering, trying to escape the gloom. And as he'd hopped between ledge and window latch, he tried and he tried and he tried. Till he got through the open space and chirped away with pride. Now, not being one for cages, I gave him the choice he could take. Opening the door to the front garden, so freedom he could break. But before he made his decision, a drop of water he had. Before making a move for the garden. Stay indoors now, you must be mad. I'm not a wealthy woman, or so it would seem. There are times when I struggle to buy the little things, day to day doing my best to live within my means. Counting the pennies becomes routine when scouring the shops to buy the cheapest greens to feed my teens. I dream of buying them everything their heart desires, but doing that requires more coin than my coffers can offer right now, and sometimes things have to be put back on the shelf, but that doesn't mean we always go without. You see, we have a roof over our heads, full walls and comfy beds, clean bedspreads to lay our weary heads, and plenty of milk and butter for tea and toast. Not to boast, but sometimes I feel like I have more than most, because I have love. I have laughter. Sometimes I have disaster, but the way I see it, happy ever after is what you make it. Enjoy the cuddles. Embrace the tear-filled puddles, the everydays, the once in a whiles, the turbulence and the trials and the uncontrollable smiles. Don't take it for granted. Remember to water the seeds that you have planted. Money comes and goes, but love grows where seeds are sowed, so let your heart grow wild and free. I feel as though I am as rich as I can be when I'm holding her and she is holding me. I cherish those nights when we're laid in bed and I get to rest my head upon the breast of the woman I love, sleeping in her arms until morning comes and rising with the sun. Drinking coffee, playing video games with the kids, dancing in the kitchen and tickling ribs until I fall on the floor and all the other things that bring joy and more. So go on, show me the money. And I'll show you I'm as rich as I can be. Because as the song says, the best things in life are free. Thank you for those pieces, guys. So so here's the thing. Who let you in here is the theme. And we got a message at one point from um, an artist who has a separate podcast. Yeah, I mean, we're just happy to feature them on the episode because we think their podcast is really cool. So this next piece of writing is an advert, right, for another podcast. Um, Who let them in here? Well, we did because this project is being run by Lorna Meehan and it's a podcast called Rebel Heroines and we think it sounds really cool. Welcome to Rebel Heroines a podcast celebrating the rebel heroines of the Greek myths through original audio drama, poetry, book and theatre reviews and interviews with fellow fans and creatives. I want you to do it. Come closer. 
Voices of women in Greek myth have been silenced. You know, we hear a lot about Zeus. They say history is written by the winners. Historically, the people in charge have been men. It's wonderful that women are retelling and reevaluating, looking at these stories with a different point of view. Maybe I wanted adventure, my own adventures, not the ones that you span your yarns about. Maybe I could have been a warrior. Maybe I could have slayed the Cyclops, laid waste to Troy through my cunning. I had cunning all along. You knew that before I did, I think. Maybe that's what drew you in. Okay, guys, I'm super excited at this point because... We have someone who let her in here, who let Beth in here, but Beth Hartley has joined us. Uh, hey, Beth, how you doing? Hey, Mark. It's nice <laughs> to see you. It is without a screen for like the first time ever in our lives. So weird. <laughs> Legs and everything. So Beth and I have known each other for three years now. Three years? Yeah. Two, yeah, about yeah, three years. Three yeah. Years, yeah. Yeah, over three years. Um, when um, I started the Right Club online space that met every week, Beth is one of the people who came along. I think she arrived the first time about six weeks in. Now, when I met Beth, Beth is already a lot of things, right? Beth is a mum. Beth is a very accomplished poet. Beth is a uh, event organizer, producer, um, fen speak yes, um, that meets right. uh, regularly, um, and she's a very integral part. I would say to bit hammer and tongue in the past and other kind I've of done, like Cambridge events. I used events. to do front of house at hammer and tongue. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, but I didn't know that. Uh, I first knew Beth because Beth had like popped up on my screen as part of a bunch of us that got together on a Monday morning and started sharing work. How are you doing, Beth, at the moment? I'm all right. It is very lovely, deeply strange to meet people that you've only seen on screen. <laughs> it's a lovely, beautiful thing. But... With this much foam around them as well. So much foam. <laughs> well, I answer, please. That's what I'm here for. We venerate the phone. Yeah, kids, kids. Okay, so I guess this episode is called Who Let You In Here? So, like, do you want to explain how you joined that group? Like, how we got working together? The answer to Who Let You In Here in my life is Leanne Maiden. I think she sent me, like, a link to the Facebook group, maybe? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, In yeah. those early days of lockdown. I like the discipline of it, actually. I think for me, um, especially in lockdown, I'm self-employed and I wasn't working. Um, I had my kid at home my and my partner was furloughed and my garden looked amazing, but my time was like jelly. <laughs> and I think it must have been then that Liana had sent me, said, oh, there's this new thing. You might like this. And I remember rocking up on one Monday morning and it helped me contain a lot of things, especially early on. Yeah, we wrote a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know, I, I, I yeah. guess we were all locked in. Um, during COVID, but um, getting to chat with other people and share work with other people and set targets and celebrate when we'd had a good week or when we'd had a terrible week um, was like, was massive. Uh, And I think that's probably why it is the Right Club Massive in a way, because it was such a massive feeling. I think a lot of things were massive. Like they felt massive, didn't they? I think I thought it came out of us mucking about on Jackbox. 
Oh, yeah, we also play Jack Boss games every now and then. <laughs> um, if you want to find out more about us and you want to come and join us on a Monday morning for Setting Targets, we do meet on Monday mornings. Uh, join the Facebook group. It's probably the best way to do it. Um, uh, we'll put a link on this description. Um, yeah, 9.30s on Monday mornings. Um, we try to come together and uh, do some writing, set some targets, and then we come back on Fridays and share how we've done. So, Beth, how have you found the, the podcast so far? Are we really enjoying it? I listen to podcasts a lot because I'm walking up and down to work and it's been lovely to hear my friends. It's like, that's my friend in my pocket. <laughs> it's really nice. But it's also been lovely to hear all the work that's being sent in. Um, I've just been listening to the most recent episode actually on the train up here today. Oh, show me the money. The, yeah. Yeah, the competition. Yeah. Oh, so good. So much passion and so many... So much like real power, not necessarily in just in a loud way, but in a really deep way. And that's really enjoyable to listen to. I think we're pretty lucky, Chris, aren't we? Because we set this up knowing we had great pieces from the Right Club Massive, mm-hmm. we could start this up with. But being able to see how those pieces then inspire new pieces mm-hmm. and how it all kind of interconnects mm-hmm. and how we kind of like... Yes, very much. Um, those people are now inspiring members of the online write club to write new pieces. It's just how it should be. It's you know what I mean? bouncing and off all over the place. Bouncing so off all good, over the place. Yeah. And it feels so good for me personally compared to what COVID was like and being locked down. Do you know what I mean? Like it, forming yeah. these new connections is like super cool. Yeah, um, I think we've become kind of like the group the online group the people that kind of were there the most we've become really tight and I love that but I also love that now it's like it's got tentacles or something <laughs> back to octopuses yeah yeah join us join us <laughs> like, um, but I think uh, yeah I think you're right um, Beth is also the person who sends cards out to everyone when Lucy's um, dad passed away we got a card from Right Club massive those guys before anyone else like you know it's amazing um yeah so i think you're amazing beth uh, and um so you even put a book out during lockdown so i guess like what what have you learned from from that time and this time now what do you think um a big thing for me i think in i guess which is essentially what got me to right club if you, if you like was like a lot of people who reach a certain zero number in their life, I just decided I, I was going to say yes to some things. And um, there's been a whole chain of those yeses. But one of the yeses was I will try something new. And that something new was was join, was going to another writing group beyond the one that I was already going to. And actually the tension between, the creative tension between those two groups is essentially what produced the book. Mm-hmm. So the goals that you talk about are setting. I am a notebook nerd um, and I'm very analogue, so I write a lot of things. I do do stuff on computers and I do uh, do things on screen, but I write a lot. So mm. my write club goals started off by grabbing what was in front of me which was a big fat red marker pen and some index cards that were above my desk um but now I have a ring that has them in I have every single one from the very beginning yeah, yeah Beth has got a lot of these cards you know the kind of cards <laughs> that you'd have if you were giving a speech to people and you're having these cue cards and she write three targets on each one yeah. right every week and it's a bumper pack now it's like it a is. calendar it of, is of, it really is 
of these cards. But in amongst those, I kind of side-eyed myself into writing a book, really. I had most of the work, but I found the idea that I was going to do it absolutely terrifying. So I just broke it into tiny little pieces and I just did them because they were my targets, right? So mm. got to do your cart targets mm-hmm. by Friday. But I sort of fooled myself into doing it because I was so scared. But if they were on a tick list, I would do them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they were just there. So, yeah, I put a, bo- a book out in lockdown and I had an online book launch, which is bonkers. That's cool. We'll put a link um, to, to Beth's book on, on the podcast here. You absolutely should check it out. So it seems to me, I don't want to paraphrase, but you, you, you're saying three things, mm. I think, here, Beth. You're saying the three things for you that have been really helpful and changing th- thing for you is discipline, yeah. like having discipline and structure, yeah. breaking things down to smaller, more manageable mm-hmm. targets, not thinking about the big, scary stuff, but breaking it down so yeah. you can keep stepping forward. Mm-hmm. And then finally, saying yes to things yes. and and being the one. And I think this is kind of a cool thing for us all to dwell on. If the theme is today is who let you in here, you let yourself in. You decided you would let yourself into those spaces and, and take up yes. space. I consider myself to be incredibly fortunate as well to have kind of walk with the people that I work with. I get to work with this absolutely deliciously varied group of people that, that make up the massive. Somebody is always doing something a little bit off the wall and it makes the rest of us go... Oh, well, maybe we could try something else as well. Maybe we'll say yes to something else. Maybe we'll have a go at that thing. Maybe we'll apply for decent YCP, get into the National Youth Theatre, bounce off each other. And and, and I love that. I just love that. I think it's very, very special. So, Beth, I think you must have a piece you could share with us today. That sounds wicked. This is called In Friendship, Solace. The solace of friendship is the pocket I crawl into, doing the button-up behind me, closing out the world and the cold. It is the affirmation, you are here, you are alive, you are safe. When you swim in the dark, cold and seeing no landfall, it is the arms about you. When life shakes like a box of rocks, it is the feel of someone holding you still, recognising what you need is not movement. Small things done quietly, slipping love under my coat, into my bag, sandwich-shaped, note-formed, arrows of words to pierce the bubble that contracts about my heart. And I will serve you every dish in my book. Use every weapon in my armoury, every word to shield, for this consolation is what has let me grow, and I will claim grateful ground every inch, each morning, because of you. Mega. That's so good. Nice, Beth. Smashed it, smashed it. Okay, so if you want to read more of Beth's work, you should get a copy of What If Stars. That is the name of her pamphlet out with Allographic Press. They publish loads of incredible new writing. I really would suggest you regularly go and check out what Allographic Press are putting out. I know that Anne Atkins also has Mm. uh, a pamphlet out with them. Beth, to wrap this up, 
we talked about those three things, you know, um, diligence, breaking things down so mm-hmm. to manageable targets and kind of saying yes and yeah. allowing yourself into new spaces and, and new terrain. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to, to that at all? It's much better if you're not by yourself. <laughs> I think we were so isolated and I think that's one of the reasons why the Online Right Club started and went out the way that it did at the beginning was because we were all isolated, weren't we? And we were all in our own little Zoom screens alone. And I think one of the best things is just being and doing those other things with other people and because you've got somebody to bounce stuff off and it's all good. I talked earlier on about growing up in in the Shetland Islands and coming together as a community and sharing work around the fire and that was Mm. part of the culture of the Mm -hmm. island is that you would come together and share your work and it just gives you new ideas you you share things about that's why i think we're loving this podcast series so much and Mm. and the work people are sending through and look guys you don't have to complete work on your own at all that's why we're running this workshop series alongside uh, this podcast every month we have a different right club massive member delivering a workshop and these workshops are selling out like they're they're going pretty quick this next one is not to be missed it is on the wednesday the 4th of october if you want to sit down at your laptop from 6 p.m till 7 30 p.m and blow your own mind with your capabilities as a writer (laughs) the workshop is called slow poetry and who's running it who's running this one beth do you think that would be me. Yeah. yeah, Beth is running this workshop. <laughs> now, she ran a workshop for us uh, on the Right Club Massive, and it's probably the most memorable session that I've had over the last three years when I've been attending our groups. I cannot stress highly enough how great this workshop will be. So, yeah, Beth, do you want to explain why you've gone for slow poetry? It's essentially, I think, about being present because writing for me is a lot of how I slow my brain down. It's going to be about finding poetry where you are in your own space but slowly you don't have to rush around and do it tickets are only five pounds and i tell you this i believe there are there are only 10 tickets right now as we're recording this they will probably have all gone by the time this comes out yeah so basically uh get involved this podcast episode was curated and hosted by myself and chris Thank you to everyone who sent work in this time around, featured on the episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. And to everyone who's emailed us so far with work, even if we haven't been able to feature it on, we really appreciate um, you guys engaging with this project. Thanks to Arts Council England for supporting the project with public funding. Thanks for Beth Hartley for coming in. Yeah. And thank you for listening.